If anybody's outside in the cold, good morning. And anybody that's with us online, uh, my name is Steve Rivera. I'm the preaching pastor today, and I get to kick off our Advent series. I have to give you a little confession. I don't know if it was this week, because the last day before uh, Thanksgiving, that Wednesday, I was the only manager on duty. And, of course, crisis after crisis after crisis had to happen that day at work. So by the time I got off, I was dead tired. And I pretty much slept through Thanksgiving. And then I'm thinking, I have to preach. <laughs> what am I going to preach on? I got the uh, I got the sermon text, but I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't even have the title. I'm like, Lord, what do I do? And I didn't want to tell Dave, because I know he was counting on me, but I didn't want to come up here without God giving me anything. So I was kind of wrestling with it, I'll be honest. I'm like, I can't just die all day and come on, you know. And that's where my hope came in. I know you always come through. I'm just going to have to hope. You know, if you don't come through by the time I get up there, I'm just going to get back down and say, I'm sorry. I, I tried. But then he gave me the title. And I was like, okay, as long as I got the title, then the rest God gives me. And the title he gave me was God's Way. And at first I was like, what does that mean? And then I started realizing what Evan was about, what the verses that I'm going to share with you are about. This is God's way. God is showing us his way that hadn't been revealed yet. Prophets were giving indications of, but his way of salvation hadn't been fully revealed. Matter of fact, God had been silent for about 400 years, I believe, where the people were kind of getting used to not hearing from God anymore because he just went on hiatus <laughs> as far as the people were concerned. God, so what I'm going to share with you today, starting uh, in the book of Luke, starting at chapter 1, verses 5 to 25, is what Advent's all about, and it's God's way. As we're preparing for Jesus' arrival here is what was happening during that time. God is speaking again and revealing himself. And as Pastor Dave said earlier, Evan is preparing, right? Evan is preparing for basically what we're doing. We're preparing to celebrate the birth of Christ. So let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I First of all, thank you for showing up for me for this message, as you always do. And I knew you would, but I was wondering if I just got too caught up with work and wasn't paying enough attention to you, but I'm glad that you are always so faithful to uh, get our attention. And I ask, as I always do, that your blessings be on this message and on everybody that's hearing this message, that everything that is said will be to your honor, to your glory. 
I pray that anything I may have added in my own mind that you do not want to be said will be stricken and I will not speak it and anything that I may have neglected in my preparation. I give you full authority and plead with you to please add what you need to add, which is whatever is according to what you want, because I know that's the only way this message has any power, has any anointing, has any purpose. If it's your message, and I'm just a vessel, and that's what I pray for in Jesus' name. Amen. So in starting uh, in the first chapter of Luke with verse 5, it says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division, or you could translate that to order, of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division or order was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So just set up the scene. Zechariah is alone. Everybody's worshiping outside. He's in the temple taking care of his priestly duties. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteousness to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Then the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you do not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Amen. One of the morals of this uh, 
of this scripture is don't question God. <laughs> it's not a good idea to doubt God. When God says something going to be true, Zechariah made a big mistake by saying how, why, questioning, right? So what I, what I got out of this was, well, before I go there, let's, let's jump to verse 24. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. So what Zechariah couldn't believe and understand came to pass, and Elizabeth recognized that God was blessing her. So my takeaway in this, and the point I want to make here is, God moves in ways that are beyond our understanding. Amen? Can we be in agreement in that? And I think one of the challenges that we have in our finite understanding of God's infinite wisdom and knowledge is that we can't match up. I like the prayer that the sister said about align my heart with yours. Align my desires with you. Don't you know God will always answer that prayer? (laughs) Amen? How often do we actually pray that prayer? Or do we just say, I don't understand this, Lord. This doesn't make sense to me. So if I can't see it, how can I believe it? Got quiet. <laughs> you know, at my job, when I got, even when I got hired at my job, I turned them down three times. They sent me an email. Somehow they got my resume, and I didn't even know how, because I didn't apply for Union Station Homeless Services. And they sent it to me, and I ignored it, the first email I got. Then I got a second one, and they said, we'd like to set up a meeting. And I said, well, when are you, you know, I get off at 7.30 in the evening. I don't work Saturday. So unless you're available after 7.30 or on a Saturday, I, I don't have time. You know, my job is too important, and I have to, you know, be there for my clients. So they I didn't get no response. So I thought, okay, that's that. Then they called me. And they said, could we do just a short, do you have time to do a short phone interview? Just a preliminary to see, you know, if there's any reason to move forward. So yeah, sure. So I did it. And again, I reiterated the times I was available. And that was it. I thought that was over. And then I got an email with a date for an interview. And they had it all set up time and place. And then I started thinking, hmm, could this be God? Because <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. But as that process was going, I was starting to feel, well, if this is you, Lord, make it obvious to me, you know, because I don't see any reason to go work somewhere else. And, you know, uh, 
But then he made it so obvious. I said, okay, maybe this is you. I better show up. And I went there not even trying. Be honest. The first interview, I did not try. I went there. I was very honest with them. I told them my deficits. I said, if you're looking to hire somebody for this, this, and this, I'm not very good administratively. I'm a dinosaur when it comes to technology. And, but then I did say, but if you're looking for this, this, and this, these are my strengths. So I don't want you to be thinking you're hiring somebody you're not. This is what you get. And I told him, and I'm a pastor. <laughs> so I threw it all out there. And uh, later I heard when they conversed, they said, we never met somebody tried to sabotage your interview. <laughs> so completely. But they hired me. <laughs> so I knew it was the Lord. And I even told him in the interview, I'm not really that concerned. I mean, if you want me to work here and if, and if God wants me to work here, I will work here. But you have to understand, I answer to a higher calling. If God wants me here, you'll hire me. So I'm not worried about it. If he doesn't, you won't. And I'll stay where I am. And that blew their minds. <laughs> uh, it blew my mind. It actually came out of my mouth, to be honest. That was, has been the Holy Spirit. Because I'm like, did I just say that? But like I said, God moves that ways that are beyond un- understanding, but they're always for our good. They're always right. Just because we don't understand it don't mean it's not right. It's not what's best for us. Amen? And then, as you all know, I got promoted re- recently. Well, not recently. It's been almost a year now. It still seems recently. And I applied during my time, my five, almost, almost five years now, at the Union Station Homeless Services, I applied five times for management positions. And I kept getting turned down. And turned down very nicely. You're a close number two. <laughs> if we didn't have so-and-so that applied, we would have hired you. But we got so-and-so. I'm like, that don't really help. <laughs> so I'm going... Maybe God doesn't want me to be a manager. So one of my coworkers said, I'm going to take this management course, you know, on homeless services. Why don't you take it with me? I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I, you know, I, I even want to be a manager. They go, well, I'm going to be the only non-management person because these are for managers. She goes, but, you know, non-managers can come, but it's primarily for management. And she said, I don't want to be the only one, so at least come with me. So I said, Okay. So I went there, and everybody, well, first day, they asked, why are you here, why are you here? And I said, I haven't been in management since 1980. You know, since the 80s, I feel like a dinosaur. I'm not sure if I'm even equipped for modern-day management with all the technology. So I'm just checking it out. When At the end, when we graduated, it was a long, it was a long course. I forget how many weeks. Every one of those managers said, you should go into management. And I was like, okay. And I wasn't looking for their approval. I was just looking for confirmation that this is what God wanted. And because they were all in unison, I felt, okay, this must be what God wants. And then I was still getting turned down. And then just before I went on vacation, I applied because the position opened where I was already working as a care coordinator for a management. And that, long story short, they hired me. 
So I, thank you. So I came to see, okay, all those things that I couldn't understand, why won't they, why am I always second? Why don't I come in, you know, when I applied for senior pastor positions, why don't, know, why don't anybody want me, Lord? <laughs> but then like, like was said, but then when I just focused, okay, I'm going to focus on what I'm doing now. If I never move from this spot, I'm fine with it because I just want to do what you want me to do. I want to align and be obedient to you. Then I got this position now, which is actually even better in a lot of ways. I still get to do what I was doing, but I have a platform to help others. Even though I was already doing it, they pay me for it now, so that's good. (laughs) So let's move on to Luke, uh, jump into verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. Zachariah hasn't been speaking through the whole time of the pregnancy. He was not able to speak. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was on him. Amen. Zechariah was not able to speak until he acknowledged what God had told him was to be. And understand, this wasn't the norm. This wasn't the way children were named. They carried on family names. The first choice would have been to be named after his father. If not that, then it would have been another relative on either the father's mother's side. So there was a protocol. So this was not done. Just pick a random name that had no connection to the family. But by doing this, it was recognized through the miraculous way that this came about, that this was God. And God was praised and worshipped because of it. And it gave John, I believe, the credibility he needed as he grew up, because he went off into the wilderness and grew up out there and didn't show himself until it was time for him to come out publicly and speak. It was a number of years, I forget how many. So my point is, we need to understand We don't need to know why God is doing what he's doing. What we need to do 
is get aligned with what he's doing. Amen? And I would submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that is one of the hardest things for us to do because it's not within our human nature, right? It's not the norm. Show me. (laughs) You show me and I believe, right? You prove it to me. If I see evidence, but if that was the case, then where does God get the glory, right? Where does God get the recognition that he and only he could do this? Because it has to not make sense to us for us to go into that point of worshiping him in spirit and in truth, right? Because spirit and truth does not exist outside of God's realm. It does not exist in popular culture. It does not exist in the media. It does not exist on your daily news unless somehow it creeps in to somebody that's a believer. Amen? 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 Yes. Yes. Yes, my brothers. Yes, my sisters. And that's the message that I feel God put on my heart to share with you. Don't look for what you can understand because God moves in ways that we're not supposed to understand. We'll understand someday on the back end. I understand now why I wasn't hired in all those other uh, interviews I did because God wanted me where I'm at. And in his graciousness, sometimes he even gives evidence of that. Sometimes he doesn't, but that's okay if he doesn't. You know? I like it better when he does, to be honest. Like just before Thanksgiving, my team, when, you know, the last uh, team meeting we had before Thanksgiving, they were giving thanks and telling me how thankful they were that I was their manager. And I appreciated that. And a few of them, because my team is almost all women. I have one male on my team, they're all women. And this was their words, not mine. They said, we are a hot mess. We're all women and we're all a hot mess. And yet you have the patience and understanding to deal with us. We have no idea how you deal with this, but we do and we love you and we appreciate you for being able to. And I thought to myself, that's God. Because I'm not that patient or understanding, to be honest. But they see it as such. Because they see something that's beyond me. That's beyond my own understanding. And whenever I do deal with somebody, I do pray. And I do ask God's. But sometimes they are, those hot messes kind of get to me. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Don't let me say the wrong thing. You know? Let me be you know, kind and you know, humble and loving and all the things I need to be in the middle of all this ranting and raving and crying. I don't know. What, I can't. What I do? You crying in my office. <laughs> but God is so good. Amen. And I have one employee that I didn't know that she told me this. She shared it with me. And I was wasn't sure if I was going to share it with you, but I will. She shared with me that when I got hired, I just came from another job where I was uh, sexually harassed. And when you guys hired me, I was told that this other manager was going to be my manager. It was a female. She goes, that's why I accepted the 
position. But what, unfortunately what happened was right after we hired her, the manager that was her manager left. And nobody knew her background, so they gave her to me. Because I had mostly females on my team anyway, so they added her. And she told me I was going to leave when I found out that they had a male manager because I was not healed enough, I was not equipped enough to deal with another possible sexual harassment. And she goes, and your look didn't give me all that much confidence. I didn't know you. She said, but when you approached me and you told me you were going to be my manager and we went out and you took me out and you onboarded me and you trained me and you took me to lunch, she goes, I felt so safe with you. And she said, I knew. She goes, I knew I'm going to be okay with him. And she told me, I'm glad you're my manager other than the female manager because I feel safer with you than I would with her. And that's God. That's Jesus. Amen. That's what she sees. It has nothing to do with me. And that's why I encourage us to do with the sister, align ourselves with God, align our wills, align our heart. And that's what, that, that's what Advent is about. That's what we're pre- preparing, right? We're getting an alignment to something we should be aligned in every day. But this is a reminder to realign. Amen? And my last point is, not only do we need to be preparing in this season in our minds for celebrating Christ's return, but at the same time, we need to also be looking forward, I mean, to Christ's birth. We need to also be looking forward to Christ's return. Amen? Because that's the gospel. That's what we have. That is our strength. That is our power. That is what makes us different from the world. And that's what makes us the hope for the world. Because we're aligned with the real hope. Amen? We're aligned with God's way. God's way of salvation. God's way of hope. God's way of deliverance. God's way of restoration. God's way of healing. And if you haven't figured it out yet, there is no other way. There is absolutely no other way, brothers and sisters. So, as I uh, conclude this, to those that are in the sanctuary, those that are might be outside, those that are over the social medias, I'm gonna I'm gonna invite you. If you feel in your heart that you're not aligned, I invite you right now to realign, to ask God's forgiveness, to ask God's wisdom, ask God's direction. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been thinking about it. I know we don't do altar calls here, but I'm taking pulpit license here. And I'm not asking you to come up. I'm just asking you to release yourself to what the Holy Spirit wants, to what God wants. Like we would release ourselves in worship, 
Some of us will raise our hands. Some of us will just get introspective. Some of us will sing. You know that worship time is preparing for this, for God's word, to respond to God's word. That's why church services are set up the way they are. This is what this is all about, for you to respond to God's word. Not just this Sunday, but next Sunday when Pastor Michael comes up, when Pastor Dave, on and on and on. That's what it's all about every Sunday. There's not a special Sunday. There's special milestones and markers we do, but there's not a special Sunday. Every Sunday is the time of salvation. Every Sunday is the time of repentance. Every Sunday is the time of alignment. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you all. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your boldness that you're able to give out. And I pray that that same convictions and boldness will be transferred from me to this congregation, that they will go out and they will speak boldly in Jesus' name, that they will be bold in their workplace and every place they are. And I count it done because I know it's what you want. In Jesus' name again, I pray. Amen.